Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Falestine by Sammy Tamimi and Tara Wigley. Hey, Victoria. Hi, Johnny. How are you doing, hot stuff? <laughs> <laughs> See, you're the only person I can say that to without, you know, getting you, in trouble. You'd catch yourself a lawsuit there yes. if it wasn't me. HR would be all over me. <laughs> I'd have to do interviews, fill out reports. It'd be a mess. So do you actually want to know how I'm doing? Yes. <laughs> of course. I'm very well. Thank you. All right. How are you? I'm good. Okay. It's a, you know, we we do these podcast uh, recordings on Sundays. It's a hot day here in Chicago. Baby bunny update. Still out there in the yard with her babies. Mama is hanging out in the tomato plants. Yeah. She hasn't really left our yard in two weeks. Nope. She's keeping a close eye on those babies. We should note, too, this is like the second time that we've had bunnies born and raised in our backyard. Although this time is much less stressful. Yes. Because Olive is not bothering them. And poor Frank is gone. Yep. So, So, hey, have you heard of this Amazon.com thing? (laughs) They're kind of new. Yeah. I I think they'll make it. Yeah. Uh, We have a little affiliate page which you can find from our website which is just wecookbooks.com and if you click on the shop or store tab whichever it's labeled uh it will take you to this amazon affiliate storefront and from there we've got our top picks for last year 2019 which was the first year of cooking the books we cooked over 50 cookbooks and we each chose our top five which are listed there on Amazon with uh, little descriptions and reviews and links to purchase. And then we also have uh, a little recommended kitchen essentials for the home cook in your life. So these are things that make great gifts. They're things that we use on almost a daily basis. We're not... uh, endorsed by any of these companies so it's stuff that we actually use and recommend without hesitation and my whole point of this is that you can browse that you can click on each item to purchase and as an amazon affiliate we get a few pennies literally pennies (laughs) hey here's an email you guys made three dollars but best of all it does not cost you one penny more So it's a small way that you can support what we're doing and get something cool in return. Um, So check it out. We've got uh, a list of essential cookbooks that we've uh, chose as kind of the best that we've featured. And then also that kitchen gadget thing. So there you go. That's the housekeeping. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. So uh, what, what did we just complete? Um, the book we just finished, uh, is called On Vegetables by Jeremy Fox. Vegetarian Uh, cookbook. mm -hmm. Although he's quick to point out that he is not strictly vegetarian, nor are we. No, we're not. But, uh, yeah, you'll be hearing about that in a future episode. I guess we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, next up, what are we cooking from? Um, it's a book called Destiny by Victoria Rosenthal and... 
Okay, here's the thing. We are not gamers at yep. all. The last time I played a video game was, uh, what was it called? Intellivision? Wow. Jesus. <laughs> Pitfall, Pitfall kind of, Harry. Kind of dating yourself. There. Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Okay, All I right. get it. So, um, but we are not gamers. But this is um, based uh, on the video game series. Um, Victoria Rosenthal is an avid gamer, and she, I believe, she writes software too. She works for NASA. Yeah, oh, that's right. She's a smart cookie. Yeah, she Very is talented. But uh, she's got a. Uh, Instagram page called Pixelated Provisions and kind of merges both her love of cooking and gaming. Um, so this book was sent to us. It might not initially appear to be something that would be kind of like a quote unquote on brand for us, but we started paging through it and there was actually some really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give it a shot and uh, stay tuned. We'll give you a full report. You'll hear about it in a future podcast episode and you'll probably see it on our Cooking the Books Instagram. I think it's going to go smashingly. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some really cool stuff in there that I'm, I'm excited to check out. And then along those lines, we're also going to be diving into a second book, at least for one dish. Victoria, take it away. It's called Eventide. Yep. Um, it's by Arlen Smith, Andrew Taylor, and Mike Wiley. Um, it's a restaurant in Maine. Very famous seafood shack. Yeah. And this is their book. Uh, it's a gorgeous book. I don't think we're going to do a full weekly feature just because, you know, that would involve we live in Chicago copious, expensive amounts of seafood for the entire week. Yeah, it's... <laughs> And uh, but we we are going to try a few things from it because it does look like a like a fun book. So that's also something we're going to be working on throughout the week. And uh, hey, most importantly, what are we having for dinner tonight? What's for dinner tonight? Uh, we are doing uh, takeout from one of our favorite local places called uh, Jess Cafe, kind of a Pan Asian place. They've got some good stuff, and. Uh, Typically, weekends are reserved for either doing like more involved cooking projects or making pantry meal. That, or I was thinking like if there's anything that we have to make, uh, bread, for example, or bagels or whatever. And then uh, if we just are not up for cooking, we'll we'll pick up the phone and get some takeout. Pick up the phone. (laughs) I still call the takeout places. Okay. I don't go online and do that nonsense. All right. I want to make sure the money is going directly into their pockets and not to one of these third-party delivery places. Oh, yeah, that's true. They take a healthy cut out of there. So uh, support your local restaurants if and when you can. And uh, call them. Call them on the phone. Talk to a real person. None of this internet nonsense. You do make a really good point. Yep. All I right. have my moments. Uh, you do sometimes. All right. I'll keep you around. Let's <laughs> let's let's dive into Palestine. Uh, so this this was a fun one, and it was uh, we we knew we would be receiving it. We were kind of anxiously anticipating it, and I'm happy to report that it did not disappoint. No, it didn't. Okay, so for um, 
people are wondering what Palestine is. Yep. Um, basically, there's no P in the Arabic language. Um, so p- the people refer to themselves as Palestinian. And the word actually encompasses like, history, identity, culture. Basically, it's home. Um, and this book is really great. It's got more, it's got more than 110 recipes. Um, it's ones that Sammy grew up with, um, and then there are also more traditional um, recipes that all the Palestinians eat. Yep. And it's worth noting, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're probably into cookbooks, as we are. Um, if those names sound familiar, it's because both are kind of associated with uh, Odalengi and that empire. Sammy is one of the co-founders, and then Tara has worked for the Odalengi uh since 2010, yeah, like she worked over on, a decade. She worked and, on simple. Yep. And this book, Palestine, is what Jerusalem was for Odolenghi. It's like a love letter to that particular cuisine. Yep. And you know, and when we referred to Middle Eastern cuisine, it's kind of a catch-all. That's like saying Italian, Italian food. food. Yeah, exactly. You Mexican know? food. Um, but uh, man, this one really blew me away. It was so good. Um. Starting to kind of think uh, now that we're into August about year end best of, and I think this one's definitely going to be in the running. Absolutely. So, uh, what was the first thing we made? Uh, the first thing we made was roasted figs and onions with radicchio and goat cheese. Um, ooh, the the roasted figs were a revelation. They were so tasty. They get drizzled with a little bit of. Um, with a little bit of balsamic and pomegranate molasses, and they get uh, roasted in the oven. They get nice and sweet and soft. Along with the red onions, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's something about that combination of uh, roasted figs and red onions with, you know, that balsamic glaze. There was a little bit of honey and garlic in there. Um I don't know if I if if you agree, but I I just thought like all of these recipes were just so thoughtfully conceived. There was no ingredients that didn't make sense. Everything kind of had a a purpose and a reason. Well, yeah, I know that it, they wanted to stay true to like the pantry, like the spices and the tastes, um, and they wanted to make it really accessible. Um, so you're not having to go out and hunt down ridiculous ingredients, you know, that we have a hard time finding Yes, that are, you know, so. Um, so they basically took a lot of what would be considered kind of traditional dishes from uh, Palestine, but put their own kind of modern updated twist on mm-hmm. it. So, you know, uh, for someone who's maybe a purist with this type of cuisine, you may find, uh, you know, things you disagree with as far as methods or ingredients. But if you're really looking for a, a great introduction into these flavor profiles, but using stuff that's readily available, probably something you have in your pantry, this is a great book to start with, as are the Odalengi ones. Yeah, well. And, and well, and most of the recipes are not something that you're going to be working for half the day at um not at all yeah it's it's a very quick quick book i guess yeah 
I don't think there was anything that took us too long. I mean, there might be a few pantry things or things you're going to keep on hand that um, you'd need to make ahead of time, but then you'll have it and uh-huh. you can use it for other for other dishes. Um, for this particular dish, uh, which included the radicchio, um, we had just finished another book where we grilled it uh-huh. and it was really good. And so um, if I was to suggest uh doing something a little different or a little variation i would say to grill the radicchio if you want to yeah it just takes out the edge yeah Yeah. i agree with you um and then otherwise let's see i we anytime a recipe calls for walnuts (laughs) we use something like pecans we just find walnuts too bitter and we generally don't keep them in the house they're just not something we enjoy your mileage may vary but uh, don't be afraid to make those substitutions for your own taste. Absolutely. And then, uh, otherwise, I said a little bit of goat cheese, and then just some arugula and mint for some fresh, fresh, fresh. <laughs> I'm making up my own words now. <laughs> for some fresh uh, herbal notes. Um, well, this was a great way to start. It was a great dish. Moving along. All right. So <laughs> the next thing we did was a roasted squash and zucchini uh, with whipped feta and pistachios um this was another one too that was can we talk about that whip feta oh. <laughs> uh it had uh ricotta garlic lemon juice and zest and and then you literally whip it yep and it was whip it good <laughs> okay let's leave devo out of this okay <laughs> what did they ever do <laughs> um it oh it was just so fresh and creamy and bright um it had a nice bite to it. Um, and then there was a little bit of heat from some Aleppo pepper. Uh, the zucchini um, and squash got nice and caramelized. We roasted it in the oven, hid it under the broiler for a couple seconds. I think we had some concerns with this dish being substantial enough for a dinner and we're happy to report that you was- had concerns. His <laughs> okay. eyes are so much bigger than his stomach. Yeah, I mean this this was more than enough for a dinner, and you know we were not hungry after enjoying this. Um, anytime you can roast some vegetables like this, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, and this this was a very you know pleasant, simple dish. Um, chopped pistachios added at the end mm-hmm. just for a little texture. Uh, beautiful looking dish as well. Um, all of these dishes we're discussing too, you can find on our Instagram feed if you want to see a completed picture. Um, all right, moving along. All right, so the next thing we did was uh, bulgur, tomato, and eggplant pilaf. Pilaf. <laughs> There's a term I haven't heard. In, it's so in 70s. Yeah. Or is it? Is it more 80s? I think it's more of like a 70s okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Have some pilaf and drink a glass of uh, Reuniti on ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm creating a mood. Yeah. Like my childhood mm. flashing before me. <laughs> okay. Um, so this was kind of a pantry meal it for totally us. Was. Uh, for some reason, we had bulgur hanging out in our pantry. Um, I tend to be, like pasta, I tend to be very picky about grains. There are certain ones that I like, certain ones that I don't. I'm not a huge fan of bulgur, but there's no, literally there is no rhyme or reason 
to the way I feel this way. But yeah. um, just a hunch. <laughs> but the bulgur was great. Um, Roasting uh, that eggplant. Ooh, mama. And good. we had, oh, okay. Here is one thing that we did. Was this, did I burn the tomatoes on this one? I don't recall. I have such a bad memory. I know there was one dish where we had to roast tomatoes and I accidentally turned them up under the broiler just to finish them off. And I walked away and let him go. There might have been some wine involved. <laughs> just saying. So, oh, no, it wasn't this one. Oh, it's See, a different one. <laughs> you burned tomatoes more than once? No, it was just once, but I don't remember when it happened. Okay. Every day just runs into each other. Like, I have no concept of time <laughs> We're anymore. suffering from uh, quarantine fatigue. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, so, it's setting in. So, no, I did not burn the tomatoes on this one. All right. I'm, 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 li- I'm a big liar face. <laughs> happy, happy to report. <laughs> um, and this recipe made so much food. So much food. It did. We were eating leftover pilaf for lunch for several days until we got tired of it and finally had to just discard it. Which bums me Sorry. out because I, I hate, I hate I throwing out food. I know. Um, I know we had to kind of play with the spice level a bit because uh, out of the box, it was a little muted kind yeah. of bland. But, you know, we we played around with that. This has got cumin, cinnamon, and our good old friend Aleppo pepper in it. And once we got those up to the desired level, this was this was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a good dish. Um, the bulgur, I think, adds a nice textural component to the plate. Well, and it also adds a lot of heft to it as yes. well. But uh, easily could serve four people as a light side. Um, like we said, we had it as a main course, and it was... Plenty of food with tons still left over. So there you go. All right. Next dish. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Pan fried okra with tomato, olives, and halloumi. This was a learning experience for us. For you. No, about the okra? You didn't know about the okra. Oh, I thought you were talking about the halloumi. Well, no, that... Halloumi shalomumi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so... All right, let's talk this pan-fried okra. All right, so here's a pro tip for some of you. Um, if you ask someone if they like okra and they say no... Because it's too slimy. It's too slimy. What happens is when you cut it and the seeds get exposed, then it gets slimy. So a good thing to do is to buy some frozen you can buy a little baby frozen okras they're very cute they're super cute and then that way you don't have to cut them and there is no slime yep case in point this dish yes because that is exactly what we did per the recommendation in the recipe and it worked like a charm we're telling you um one thing that we did was uh we did this whole mixture with like the tomatoes, the olives, uh, the halloumi was on there too, correct? Yes. And you just put it out on a sheet tray and uh, that goes under the broiler and then everything just gets like blistered and charred and delicious. The halloumi, which we've talked about in previous episodes, is a 
uh, cheese with like kind of a high melting point. So you can grill it, you can bake it, you can do all kinds of stuff. Can't say enough great stuff about it. Oh, it's so yummy and one squeaky. Of my, one of my favorite cheeses, I believe, just for what you can do with it. Um, what else? What else can we say about this dish? I mean, it was like. I feel like this one made a lot of food too. It did. It did because this was another one where we had leftovers. Um, what we ended up doing, this would be a perfect lunch. Um, it would be a great side. We had some delicious pork chops that we grilled up um, and we enjoyed it with this and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, not much to say with this, but it was just another one where like, I just, I felt like you really get a feel for the expert composition because like all the flavors just made sense you had the okra the tomato the olives the halloumi yeah there was like sweet and salty there was nothing that didn't make sense Mm -hmm. so all right there we go that's it for that one okay moving on our next dish was a chilled cucumber and tahini soup with spicy pumpkin seeds let's talk about those spicy pumpkin seeds (laughs) These, that was like a flavor bomb. Yes. Um, and I felt like that more than anything just really made the dish. Like that's where the whole punch of flavor came from. Well, considering that cucumbers are so neutral and flavorless, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say they're flavorless. That's kind of that's kind of a mean thing to say. Yeah. Mean as if cucumbers have feelings. They're, they're mild in flavor. <laughs> so now. I think I speak for both of us when I say that we've never fully embraced the concept of cold soups. Yeah. It's just not something we think to make. It's just a mind twist. Like yeah. You're expecting but, hot you know, soup and with it's cold. summer upon us and high temperatures and some days, you know, you just dread turning on a stove or oven, this is a perfect alternative. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed this a lot more than I was really expecting to. I probably went into it with really low expectations. It it was the pumpkin seeds. Yeah. So what we did with these magical pumpkin seeds is they got cooked in some olive oil, cumin, red pepper flakes, some oil, and then you end up drizzling it on top of the soup. Um, It's like Johnny said, it's a flavor bomb. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a little bit of tahini drizzled on there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it was good. And then the key with with any of these type, types of blended soups is if you have one already, great. If not, it really uh, works to your benefit to invest in a nice blender, like a mm-hmm. Vitamix. We have a Vitamix. It's been a workhorse in our kitchen for over a decade. I've heard really good things about the Ninja. Yeah. Too, there's, so. I know there's cheaper alternatives if you look up some of the, you know, test kitchen uh, shootouts or, you know, any of those, you know, consumer, consumer reports and, and they'll rank, you know, these different blenders, um, not only performance, but price wise. So if you're looking for an affordable al- alternative to a Vitamix, there are options out there, but it, it makes a huge difference. Agree. Um, we've got the little immersion blender that works great in a pinch, but it's just not going to get that same kind of texture and consistency as a Vitamix will. Well, yeah, with the Vitamix, you can 
mix something up so well that if you are doing a creamy soup, you can get away without like putting it through a chinois or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be really fiddly about it. Um, okay. Shall we move on? Yeah. All right. Cold soup. Don't be afraid of it. Don't fear it. Uh, chicken musicon. Oh, what a good, what a great way to end. Yeah, this was the final dish uh, that we made. We have another one that we'll discuss in a second, but this was the actual final dish that we made from the book. We had just obtained uh, like an organic uh, free-range chicken from our friends at Avram Farms in central Wisconsin. So we had like a great quality ingredient to start things off with which is kind of important when you're doing real simple rustic dishes like this, you know, get the best that you can, you can obtain because, uh, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about how you prepared the chicken? Cause um, you, you, I you took this one. I broke down the bird. Yep. Um, into, so you take a whole bird, take a whole bird, break it down, cut the breast. How many parts? Um, I did the breast. I kept the leg and thigh together and then the wings. Yeah. So yeah, six pieces. Yep. Um, and chuck them in a cast iron, chuck them in a cast iron. Uh, gosh, I kind of don't really remember making this one. I think you did most of the cooking on this. Yeah. There was like a base of olive oil, cumin and sumac, just classic middle Eastern flavors. Um, but it, you know, it gives it that nice dark, rich color mm-hmm. once it's roasted and, uh, you know, classic flavors. And then along with that, those chicken parts, there's, uh, onions and some lemon wedges on the platter, just real simple. The um, onions get sauteed for a nice long time. Mm-hmm. They're nice and melty. Um, and then we served it with some Afghan nan, um, yep. Perfect meal, and yeah, I know there's a there's a unpronounceable name for it, yeah. but uh, it's it's got uh, it's the long kind of thinner, almost like pita bread. Um, when we lived in Minneapolis, there was this restaurant called Crescent Moon that used to make beautiful pizzas. I believe on they're that. still there too. They are. Yeah. So shout out to Crescent Moon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we ate it with our fingers. As it should be. As it should be. Yep. Dove right in. A good time was had by all. Yeah. All right. So. And then you made kind of a bonus <laughs> thing from the book. I don't know if I'd call it a bonus or not. It yeah. was it was kind of a big fail. I mean, they were tasty. Okay, so sweet tahini rolls. Let's talk sweet tahini rolls. Oh, do we really have to? Let's talk tahini. Um, and and t- as a side... There's a whole little section in this book about this gentleman who makes this basically like artisanal tahini, like the real deal stuff. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of talks about his background and his process and uh, it, you know, it's cool part of the book. Yes. So there you go. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Tahini rolls. Um. Well, I had I actually had fun making these because it reminded me of making cinnamon rolls with my grandma when I was a kid. Um, and the dough tasted a bit like, I mean, like typical sweet dough, mm-hmm. sweet yeasted dough. Um, these didn't raise very much. Um, and for the base, what you do is you uh, 
brush tahini on there and um their growth was a little stunted oh yeah i just it's smoking will do to you <laughs> tell those tahini rolls to quit quit smoking speaking of smoking are you high right now <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> um but yeah i yeah, i'm gonna give them another go at some point because i know they can be really delicious yeah if i make them correctly well and i think the challenge with a lot of this type of stuff too is that you know we're just two people we're not gonna eat a whole tray of tahini rolls as, as awesome as that may sound it's just not the reality. Yeah. And then, so then what do you do? You set these aside, like in the freezer or refrigerator, and then they, they tend to get something like this tends to get a little dry. Yeah. So it's just, it's never going to be as good later on. Yes. And I think that's one of the obstacles we ran up against with these is, you know, out of the oven, they're pretty tasty the next day or next, you know, two days later, not so much. See, you like them dry. more than I did. I just didn't. And, and I've, I'm, pretty sure i'm can like 95 percent say sure say that it was i'm sure it was something that i did and i'm, I'm not a baker it happened you say that you don't give yourself enough credit mm. victoria's can rock the baking way more than i can false so we rate the book on several different categories um one is food photography and styling another is degree of difficulty and then there's taste, and then design and layout. So, Johnny, what did you rate it for food photography and styling? I gave it a five. Of course you did, yeah. I mean, as it, did I. It's a beautiful book, and the photographs are gorgeous, not only of the food, but just the the people, the places. I mean, it's, if, if, if you want to be transported to a very particular place, it sets a mood. It's a real mood. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five as well. And the the food photos are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think it really speaks to our aesthetic. So if you, not, not to draw any comparisons, but if (laughs) if you look at our Instagram feed and look at the food photos near just the way they're styled and stuff, like there's definitely some, some, common ground and and you can understand why it would would appeal to us so much but it, it it's a gorgeous book what about you um i gave it a five yep. as well um i pretty much agree with everything you said yep um okay degree of difficulty um so this is a scale of one to five with one being the easiest five being something that it would be you know more ac- accomplished home cook or chefs professionals would would probably tackle I gave it a two for difficulty. Okay. I felt that all the recipes were easy to execute. Um, They all tasted great. There wasn't anything that was super, super time consuming. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would would give this book as a gift to anyone, no matter what their level of cooking was. I, I would agree with that to a point. I gave it a three. I felt it was just kind of like right in the middle of, you know, you probably need to have some decent skills to to execute some of this stuff, even just with some of the the preparation, if, you know, if the dish calls for like uh, something you have to prep ahead of time. Um, but it, there's certainly not any like hugely difficult or what I would consider like chefy techniques or anything. Uh-uh. Um, but it's, you know, it's probably a little bit beyond uh, 
what I would say would be like a, a beginner cookbook, but uh, nothing that should be intimidating to most people. So, um, what did you do for taste? Uh, five. Me as well. Yeah, I, I think we enjoyed everything that we made from here. The tahini rolls aside, perhaps. I mean, they were great out of the oven. I will fall on that sword. Yep. I'm, I take full responsibility for that. I don't know what I did wrong. Yep. But worth revisiting because I think it absolutely. would be a. I think it would be a good uh, a good dish. But I mean, all the flavors were so bright and beautiful. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you can get flavors that you know when you are working with foods that are highly spiced, it tends to get a little. You can go muddy. Yeah. But I mean, it was there was none of this going on. Yeah. And then the last category is uh, just kind of an overall design and layout for the book. And what'd you do for that? I gave it a five. Yep. Um, I thought the book flowed very well. Mm-hmm. I liked the way the recipes were laid out. I agree. Um, I like the flow of the photos. Yep. And the the chapters, uh, I, I believe you mentioned at the beginning, there's about 110 recipes in here. Mm-hmm. The chapters are divided up into you know different things like breakfast lunch each chapter has kind of an introductory page or two that just talks more about like how that fits in with you know traditional like palestinian cooking and eating and you know and like breakfast well this is what we normally have for breakfast that kind of thing and then there'll be those dishes in there but then also scattered throughout the whole book are these different you know there's profiles of different you know craftspeople um i mentioned before the the guy that makes the the kind of artisanal tahini there's some you know profiles on different freely was kind of like farmers yes very much so um so it's giving you a peek behind the curtain at some of the you know the sources for some of these ingredients um but the you know, the, the benefit of that is like you page through this book and you walk away with a really good understanding of not only the, you know, the common flavors and tastes and techniques, but, um, of just, you know, the culture, the people, um, it's, I can't say enough good things about it. It was a really great book. And, uh, we've been on kind of a middle Eastern cookbook kick, as of late, not by design, but it was. I think we've featured about four in in recent weeks yes. that we've worked through, and um, this is definitely one of the ones that I, I think deserves a space up at the at the top of the list, and and we'll probably be uh, talking about this again at the end of the year when we start compiling our year end list. So, uh, pick it up; it's out now wherever fine books are sold. Um, if you go to our web blog, you'll see uh, a full review with photos and links to the Instagram posts, as well as an affiliate link where you can click to purchase it there. And uh, there you go. Victoria, take us on home. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and rate it and review it. Um, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com, uh, as well as our Instagram. That's uh, at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is we cook books. Um, oh, yeah. And production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thanks, Danny. Yep. 
I'm a Luddite. I can't figure out all this technical stuff. So <laughs> that's where he comes in to save the day. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. We hope everyone has a great week. And we'll be back again next week with a new episode. In the meantime, let me end with a joke. Ready, um, Victoria? Okay. You know what? Last week I was gonna I was hating on your joke, but it was really funny. So bring it on. Okay. Oh, no pressure's on. <laughs> well, some vegetables. They're hanging out in the garden, talking, having a conversation, as they do. As they do. Broccoli says, I look like a tree. Cauliflower says, I look like a brain. The mushroom says, I hate this game. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>